they're not putting a new graham cracker out every three weeks to every other month. You Wouldn't know? that be great, though? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, a, a man can dream, but, you know, let's be realistic. Let's not get ridiculous. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Shifty, the show where we enjoy a post-shift beer with members of the Bells team to learn more about what it is that they do. I'm Nick. And I'm Maddie. For this episode, we talked to graphic designer April Russell and senior graphic designer Alex Smith about the work they've done for the brewery. So, why did you guys come into work today? Hmm, interesting question. <laughs> um, we like to start with a curveball. <laughs> come into work because we just love what we do. We love the people. I mean, it's never a question. This is the first job I've had where I don't have to think about it. I get up every day and I want to be here because I love what I do and every day is different. So I look forward to kind of the variety and the, I don't know, the spontaneity that the day usually brings, at least for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I can say that it's hard to find uh, a job in commercial artwork where you not only care about your product at all, but is a product that you believe in and you're making that product with people that you value from every level. Uh, it's just, it's a rarity. It's, it's a, a highly unlikely place to actually find work. And when you get to remind yourself of that every morning, it's just a straight shot into work. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little over the speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> Not too much though. So when it comes to, uh, uh, coming up with like I, I suppose like labels for beers or or just artwork. How do you uh, translate Larry's vision into something? I suppose mm -hmm. translating Larry's vision is something <laughs> I think every person at this company has uh, found a different way of doing. Um, Larry Larry is a visionary. Larry Larry's got uh, an incredible history of seeing through the fog of war, a thousand steps into the future, way, way past any, where anybody else can see. And, and he recognized what craft beer was going to be before anybody else could. What's interesting about Larry is that he has puts a huge amount of faith in his hires. And especially as his, the company's grown and it's gotten bigger and it's become more stable, uh, he has tr uh, become a lot less hands-on with stuff like artwork, for example. He trusts his people. He wants to be involved. He wants to see it. He wants to give direction. But he ultimately... Is kind of like cool you guys understand what i want make it happen um lampshade is a good example lampshade ale is going to be coming out this fall um he came into my office and he said you know that guy at the party with the lampshade on his head <laughs> you know the type you know uh, let's do that <laughs> <laughs> make it happen yeah so we went through a bunch of different steps on that at first it was going to be an illustration um i drew a bunch of uh kind of um, digital drawings of uh, different ways it could be arranged. Um, and then that we decided that that wasn't the way we wanted it to go. And in fact, it was going to be a photography thing. This was over the course of a, probably a year and a quarter that mm -hmm. we worked on this project. And eventually we kind of, you, you, you live with a project long enough and you talk to it and it starts to become a little bit more responsive. And after that period happens, um, the project kind of finds itself and, and gives its own momentum on which direction it wants to go. So at a certain point we realized, no, it's gotta be photos. And if there's gonna be photos, where do these photos come from? 
well, these photos are going to be, we would do is a lampshade on your head relevant? Well, back in like the 60s. So who was in the 60s? Well, your aunt and uncle. What, photo, <laughs> what photos would have been taken of a guy in a lampshade of your aunt and uncle? Well, at a weird party that you didn't know happened, and maybe you found <laughs> photos in your attic when you're cleaning out your, your mom's house or something, and you're curious who these party animals are. Well, that's Uncle Rick and Aunt Linda. I couldn't believe that they partied like that when they were young. You know, like the story starts to tell itself, and it yeah. starts to become a thing. And at a certain point, creatively, um, you are seeing what's working and what's not working, and then you start to let the project um, kind of uh, you have its own gravitational slingshot around the idea. You know, the the momentum of it starts to carry itself, and you're kind of following along and helping it in, in whatever direction is going to make most sense. Um, that's how I've at least approached most of my projects with Larry, is trying to figure out what, what he's coming from, what reference he's making or what the, he wants the beer to do to you or to taste like <laughs> and then kind of take it to its final conclusion. Yeah, I think Larry kind of has, he may not know exactly what he wants, you know, visually. He may not have this, you know, grand idea like, oh, I want it to look like this, but he's got a general idea and he's got a theme or he's got, um, he's got that something has sparked this idea from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So it may be a song, it may be a piece of art, it may be whatever. Something has inspired him to think of, you know, something to brew. And then it's kind of our vision through talking to him. We go through our director and then uh, through our manager. And, we, you know, there's many, many, many meetings. And even just Larry showing up in our office and sitting down and saying, hey, I thought about this. And then, you know, the whole design goes in a different direction because he's <laughs> had some other inspiration. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just the closer you get to Larry, the more you understand the way he thinks. And, and, and then it helps you kind of um, put the ideas together better. Um, like Alex said, that we went through many iterations for, for Lampshade mm -hmm. um, until we finally happened upon really the, the perfect... Um, way of 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 marketing yeah. this beer. I, I love it, and I think it's interesting because if you look at, I think the majority of our labels, correct me if I'm wrong, are illustrations. Like 99% right. of them. So yeah, this, is, this is really something unique, something yeah. new for us. And I think even like after Alex started working on it, Larry came in with some old photographs mm -hmm. as <laughs> for inspiration. Yeah. So it was like, okay, we were all on the same page, and everybody's mm -hmm. got that box or that photo album full of old photographs right. Right. and you know so right then it was like okay we know we're on the right track yeah normally do but it's still so on brand and it's still mm -hmm. so bell's brewery even though it is a different medium that we generally tend to use mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and from for larry sometimes it's he's coming from a, like i listen to this song that i want to make a reference to and all the heads my age all the music heads will get my reference <laughs> but sometimes it's coming from a, i want to do a style uh side yard's a really good example like we have been growing this hop yard for three years now. Mm -hmm. um, uh, to our listeners, I don't know if, if you're aware, but hop yards take years to uh, uh, to grow before they start providing or uh, putting out like really good quality hops in the scale that you need to make anything out of them. Their vines just need to get long enough. Um, so we haven't really been able to do anything with it except grow it and you know learn more about the styles, the, the uh, strains that we're growing. And now finally it's ready. And Larry uh, looks out at the out the window and sees these uh, these hop uh, cones growing, and he says, "I, I want to do a harvest ale. I want to do a wet hopped harvest ale, which we don't do very often. Wet hopping is uh, kind of a pain in the butt. It's a difficult thing to get right, and you have to do it 
and sell it like instantaneously because nothing sticks around. That shelf life is very, very low. So he decided he wanted to do this, and then he comes to us and he says, I want to do a beer in this style, and we kind of have to take it from there. Um, Lampshade started a very similar way. I want to make a really strong, delicious IPA that's easy drinking because I want you to accidentally drink a couple and realize maybe I should have slowed down <laughs> on that last one. Now right. I've got a lampshade on my head. Natural right. progression. And so, like, there's a feeling or there's a tone or there's a, a, a thing that is frequently an inspiration for him, not just like, well, the, the market is bending this way. I want to do a sour. The marketing is bending this, market is bending this way. I want to do like a, a light session uh, ale because that's what everybody's making right now. There's some measure of that in our way we we interact with our portfolio and we try to discover what our next thing is going to be. But Larry's such an eccentric figure that so many of these ideas are just coming out of his life and what he's been interacting with lately. Well, if you come down to the cafe too, like you, you look around and you see all the artwork and all the, the various just pieces of history up there. And it's like, it, it starts to make sense like where he's getting all of these references and where like all of these things are coming mm -hmm. from. Hoping to learn more about Bell's Brewery? Check out the action firsthand with a tour at our Comstock or downtown Kalamazoo locations. Tours are available Wednesdays through Sundays. Learn more about tour times and reserve your spot today at bellsbeer.com tours. So you worked on Arabicadabra, correct? That yep, was that's right. Design. So what was the process for creating that? Uh, I was working with Laura Bell primarily on that, but we knew that we wanted to make um, uh, kind of a companion beer to Java Stout. Um, a, kind of a, a silky, uh, delicious coffee beer um, with like a kind of a creamy um, texture to it. Uh, we had a couple different variations of this beer that we had as kind of beta beers down at the pub. Um, that were very successful and well-regarded. And we love coffee beers, so like, well, let's package it. We can have it as a alternate for Java Stout. So maybe even years we'll do uh, Java Stout, odd years we'll do whatever this beer is going to be. I think that uh, other people who might be listening to this in the industry will not be surprised to hear me say that one of the most difficult things to do in the craft beer industry in this stage of the lifespan of the industry is coming up with unique and interesting and suitable beer names. It is really, really hard. <laughs> I've my, myself written at least a thousand names mm -hmm. for beers for this company. I've gotten one of them made. Which one? <laughs> Which one was uh, it? Deer Camp from our, uh, our sister brewery up in the UP. Very cool. Um, surprisingly enough, it wasn't taken. That's the big problem is that right. the, the industry is so broad at this point. There's so many players in it that everybody's uh, looking for the name that hasn't been trademarked or used yet, so right. they just get scooped up. So we struggled to find a good name for it. We wanted, we knew we wanted to talk about like the darkness of the coffee. We wanted to uh, make it kind of mysterious and interesting to uh, be eye-catching. Um, Andy Farrell, who uh, I think you guys talked to on uh, a previous episode, yep, actually came up with the name along with Zeke Bogan, uh, our downtown brewer. Um, of a Rabicadabra for a coffee beer that they were planning on making and heard that we were struggling to find a good name, lent it to us. Uh, I guess we took it, you know. <laughs> um, and then it became like, what is the process of figuring out what this artwork's going to look like? So I did what I call, what everybody calls, uh, mood boards. And basically you define a few different creative directions that a design can go down. And then you pull a bunch of colors and font and type treatments and 
pieces of inspiration, stuff that you find on the internet or in magazines or just examples of uh, kind of what this direction would look like. And you build big collages of them. And then we bring those to um, our internal department, um, the managers of our department, and then ultimately to Larry Bell and say, here is what we are thinking as a direction. Maybe there's three or four different directions. It seems to be a good number for him to like kind of review. Not too many, not too few. Uh, he'll point to one or two, and then we go and we further develop those ideas. Maybe we start by making some drawings. I did that for Arabica, where I drew up, um, uh, you know, the mood board that was chosen was these 1930s magician posters, which are super, super cool, very full of personality and color. Um, the mysteriousness worked with a coffee dark beer. Um, the color palette of gold and dark brown worked with mm -hmm, the coffee mm -hmm. and, and the creaminess of it. So it just made sense. Um, I did some drawings and kind of put together some um, preparatory labels that Larry could see what the direction that it was going and how far it was going uh, before he could say, you know, never mind, I don't want this anymore. Or, yeah, this looks good. Let's keep going. We did keep going. And then it goes into kind of final production phase where I, I paint um, – digitally on a Wacom tablet. It's kind of a big, black, thin uh, iPad without a screen kind of looking thing with a stylus pencil. Uh, and I can paint in Photoshop and a program called Painter. Um, so I did, uh, you know, spent a, a week or so, a couple weeks, painting up what amount of, came out to be like the final label um, before the final, uh, final like, Details are put in and uh, the last production files are built. That goes again to Larry to make sure that this is what he wants and this is how he has kind of envisioned it. Uh, he liked what we, where we came out. And so then it turns into the production side where you're making six packs, you're making uh, keg collars, labels. These all need to go through proofreading. These all need to be reviewed uh, with a the vendor. Um, then there's you know uh, a press check. There's proofs that have to be looked at for color and accuracy. So once you get the final design figured out, or even the concept, there's still like many, many, many steps to go after that. Um, it's kind of like the most fun part of the process, but it is maybe the most important because that's when mistakes get made. You know? Right. So yeah, it's a it's a long process. I mean, you include TTB, which is the government organization that reviews this stuff, make sure that we're not putting like weird illegal stuff on there or not including maybe some ingredients that we are going to use in the product that could be uh, an allergen or something like that. Um, they need a certain amount of time to review this stuff. Our vendors need a certain amount of time to actually print the stuff. Cans, if we're doing a can, you're adding three months for just the vendor to create specialized plates that then print these colors onto uh, these rubber blankets, which then apply them to the cans themselves. So if you're saying, I want to make a beer and I want to put it in a can, you're probably saying I want to put a beer in a can in like a year and a half, <laughs> you know? Wow, that's Inclu wild. Including talking to our distributors and all of the different accounts that are going to sell it. It's a, it's a, a really wide and broad process that has hundreds of players involved, and it's actually pretty impressive that um, the people that supervise us are able to steer that ship without a there being like massive problems every step mm -hmm. of the way. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes we have the luxury of time and sometimes we don't, mm -hmm. you know, because right. oftentimes Larry comes in and he's like, hey, I, I've got this idea and I'd really like to see this happen, you know, in several months, not a year. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> you know, like, it just okay. kind of speeds, yeah, and it just kind of speeds up the whole process. And what we do is kind of, in a way, it's in the middle of it because we have, you know, the brewers have to do their thing. So you've got that whole front end and then you've got us and then you've got like the whole back end of it with, with, 
printing and packaging and all of that. So, I mean, as Alex said, there's the process is is can should probably should be very long, but sometimes <laughs> we really have to compress it in order to to hit the deadlines. Mm-hmm. And especially, uh, I mean, if you look at this is a retail operation. We're creating a product and we're putting it out into the market. We're advertising it and then we're trying to sell it. Um, if you look at say how you know graham crackers, for example, sells their their product. They have, yeah, some, maybe they've got some like shaped graham crackers or there's a cinnamon one, but for the most part, they've got a product that they sell at a large scale day in, day out. They're not putting a new graham cracker out every three weeks <laughs> to every other month. You Wouldn't know? that be great, though? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, a, a man can dream, but you know, let's be realistic. Let's not get ridiculous. So when, when you're not designing uh, beer labels, what do y'all do on the day-to-day? Unless your day-to-day is designing beer labels. It, it varies. I, you know, we all do a lot of, we all perform a lot of functions for the company. So packaging is probably like the high end of it. Um, and we're kind of, we've kind of come late to that game. You know, we've only been doing that for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But um, I know from, from my own standpoint, I do a lot of uh, support for the sales team, uh, a lot of internal kind of projects. Um, but I mean, daily, the the jobs can vary greatly. So you could have something as simple as internal documents, or you know, it could be as uh, specific as you know, working on packaging for a new for a new brand. So um, it's it's really hard to pinpoint exactly. You know, like I do this one thing. No, we right. all do like a hundred things, and we do what's necessary every day mm-hmm. so whatever needs to be done we do it yeah and and to give you some examples like we have a kind of a culture of not doing a lot of traditional advertising uh that goes back 30 years um i think there might be uh a few instances of it but the uh the accordion guy commercial. i wasn't gonna say it because that, <laughs> that'll in, 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 uh, enthuse people to maybe go search some youtube and yeah, definitely. Uh, Track it down, Bill's but lore. it's pretty yes. funny. Um, <laughs> it's, it's something, all right. Thank you to our guests, April and Alex, for sharing a glimpse into the Bellsbury Creative Department. I'm Maddie. And I'm Nick. And you've been listening to The Shifty. Cheers. Cheers.